0: Okay, good morning everyone. Uh, My name is uh, Nikos Theodorakis and I will be explaining the results from the UK research with regard to law, practice and opinion. First of all, let me thank Dr. Lise David Barrett of University of Sussex and University of Oxford and Professor Paul Haywood of University of Nottingham for giving me this unique opportunity to work on this project, for trusting me with that and for all their help and support throughout the year. Let me also thank all the other partners of the project, RISC, Transparency International UK, Transparis International Italy, and of course Kellogg College, who really helped again throughout this project. Now, again today we'll be discussing about the legal framework, how this framework is implemented, and what the public thinks about open data in the United Kingdom. First of all, let me introduce a few core principles of open data in the UK. Open data, as the term on its own says, is databases that are openly available to anyone who requests this information. These databases can then be reused even for commercial purposes and create overall an international network as we see here. So the main principles of the UK government and the main priorities with which it's advised by is that it wants to have a holistic approach towards open data, which means that everything that can be published should be published, A multiple approach, which means that, again, people can reuse this data for other purposes, and when we mean data, this can span from transportation data, crime statistics, health services, satellites, weather forecasts, everything practically. And these data should be accessible, should be readable, and should be verifiable. Which means that if I access this data set online, I can actually trace its source back, I can cross-reference it, and see if it's consistent, and then I can see what I can make out of it. Now, in examining the legal framework of the UK, we're going to see three main pillars, those being the Freedom of Information Act, the PSI regulations and certain soft law tools. After we do that we're going to examine the US uh, Data Act which is juxtaposed to the current UK legal framework and could potentially provide a useful launching pad for the UK from now on in terms of open data. Now the Freedom of Information Act is the legal cornerstone upon which open data is currently based. It was enacted in 2000. It's overall considered a very successful act so far, even though it has received certain elements of criticism, mostly by politicians. Now, what the Freedom of Information Act says is that it practically recognizes the right of every citizen to request a certain information from a public authority, from a public body. So myself, for example, as an individual, I can file a claim and ask for specific data, and then I can have access to it and reuse it with certain limitations. So we have reuse of data sets by public authorities and right of access. However, there is an asterisk here, which has to do with unless there is a good reason to deny it. So there are certain exemptions, there is a list of exemptions, that allows the public authority to deny access to data. Now this list is quite long, of course it also includes elements of security and other issues that of course make sense. However this asterisk kind of limits the scope of freedom of information vis-a-vis open data. Speaking of that, I think that it's quite interesting for the purposes of our discussion to just examine very briefly the differences between FOI and open data. Since throughout the project we also saw that even experts in open data and freedom of information tend to often confuse these two terms. So according to the Freedom of Information Act, information has to be requested. So it is not a proactive approach, it is a reactive approach of the public authorities. However, in open data, information is already available. It is online, in a website, I can access it and I can do whatever I want with it. Secondly, in FOI, information is privately shared. So the public authority communicates to the claimant the specific data set that he or she requested. Of course, then, the individual can further forward this information, but per se, information is privately shared. Whereas in open data, it's publicly shared with everyone, every citizen, anywhere in the world. Further, information provided... Uh, in accordance with the FOIA Act, has limited application in the sense, and this also extends to the fact that information might not be reusable, in the sense that people cannot necessarily apply this data for commercial purposes. So we see that there is a limitation here, whereas in open data, information has unlimited application. I can reuse the information, I can create application, software applications <laughs> through that. I can create my own surveys. I can do anything I want with it. I can mold with it. In FOI, the scope of the requested material is more strict, because it mostly relates to certain data that have to do with public authorities, whereas in open data data actually relates to every single field that we imagine which can be quantified. Finally, the exemption of FOI, for which we're going to talk in a bit, Limit its applicability because they impose a restriction, a fact restriction on how open data is. Whereas in open data, the main doctrine is that whatever can be published should be published. So we see that because of these main differences, FOI, albeit an extremely useful tool that really promotes openness and transparency, is not necessarily the best way to deal with open data in the long run. There are certain limitations. In a few brief bullet points, in terms of the overview of the Act, there is a high usage which is increasing each year, according to statistics there is an increase of 6% every year in the requests of FOI that can extend up to 120,000 requests per year, which is an impressive number. However, information and in the Act itself is reactive, as we said, and not proactive, which limits the dissemination of information for the purposes of open data, and these further questions its further adequacy. Further, as we discussed, exemptions can be up to 50% of the requests, depending on the domain that we're talking about. So it's often the case that public authorities refuse to provide this information for purposes of the fact that they deem that these data should be kept in their own databases and we see that this is a serious limitation with regard to FOI. So what we should bear in mind is that it is successful, definitely. This does not necessarily mean that it can be applied as is in open data and can be practiced there and we can say that we're done with this legal issue. Now let me go to the reuse of public sector information regulation. We have two regulations, actually the first of the 2003 Directive, what this regulation says is, again, that individuals can access data provided by public authorities and can then reuse these data for their own purposes. So we see that this is kind of closer to the purpose of open data. It has been relatively useful so far. However, overall, it is considered ineffective, mostly for, reasons for technicalities that limit its scope Firstly, and secondly, because there's a lack of enforcement provisions. As you know, in every legal instrument, we have to have a two-tier approach. We have the rule, and we have the provision that says what happens if this doesn't work. So here we have lack of enforcement. So we're talking about, to an extent, a toothless act. Now, the Commission is currently and has in the past addressed those concerns with the very recent Directive of 2013, which, however, only partly addresses the concerns that we just talked about, the lack of enforcement mechanisms and the lack of clarity in charging fees. Overall, this has been considered as the cornerstone of the European legislation towards open data, and, of course, it promotes transparency. However, there are certain weaknesses that we should always bear in mind with regard to PSI. Now, going on to the soft law tools, these are three different tools that the UK is currently using in order to ensure that open data will be attacked and that the UK government, since it is committed to openness, it will actually abide by those principles. So, first of all, we have the two David Cameron letters to government departments, which practically constitute a soft law uh, agreement, whereby he's asking by the departments, to be opening and making available as much information as they can, as long as this does not jeopardize their operation and their smooth uh, transactional uh, abilities. Further, we have the Local Government Transparency Code, which is a recent uh, enactment of 2014, which is practically a guide to councils in order to again further... In the, in the, all those acts practically Councils and authorities to publish as much data as possible. However, these practically are still normative statements given how they do not have authority of law in the sense of enforcement. So, of course, this is what authorities should do, and this is what to a great extent do, to be fair. However, should they not do that, there's not really any any counter-argument as to what we can do. Finally, there's the proposed Transparency and Accountability Bill, which had its first read in June 2014. However, its progress has currently stalled, so we do not know whether it will progress in the future, what will happen with that. But it does include provisions of uh, transparency, accountability, and freedom of information. Now, analyzing very briefly what the U.S. does in the field, There is a very recent US Data Act of 2014, which practically did what the soft law instruments currently do in the UK. So it gathered all those elements and it put them under one common legal umbrella, which they call the US Data Act. So practically now they have very comprehensive, crisp, coherent, simple legislation that promotes open data. They have their own website, as the UK does, And overall, this act is considered to greatly expand and extend on uh, openness of data. So we might want to discuss about that also in the Q&A session with regard to how perhaps the US example could be seen as a way to go uh, in European countries. Now going to the second pillar of our research, which is practice, we have to see how the law is practically implemented. Now we have to say that the UK is doing really well in implementing open data legislation, at least according to the indexes that are currently over like in existence. However, there are a few things to address. Now, first of all, in terms of how the UK government has enforced these rules, we have certain different instruments that it uses, so it has the data.gov.uk portal, which is an all-encompassing portal that includes all the data sets that are openly available. We have the Open Data Institute, the Open Data User Group, the Public Sector Transparency Board and Sector Transparency Boards, so what all these instruments do is that they monitor the progress of open data, they further enhance transparency and openness, they do create reports towards the government with suggestions on how to further promote open data, and um, they, they might criticize the government if uh, some things are not done uh, properly. Now, coming to the indexes that I just talked about, the two most, most well-known indexes that relate to open government, good governance, and open data are the Open Knowledge Foundation Census and the Open Data Barometer. In both those indexes, the UK ranks first among several countries sampled with regard to open, uh, to, to data openness, which is quite impressive. Now, a reason that would explain that is that currently open data is gaining momentum, so not many governments in the world are really committed towards open data. So when we're talking about data openness, at the end of the day we, it boils down to 10-15 governments globally that really push towards data openness. And this leads me to the fact that there are a few concerns that the UK should address with regard to uh, data openness. A useful example that can lead us to suggestions later on is the recently published UK Open Governance Scorecard by Transparency International UK which yields mixed results with regard to data openness for the United Kingdom as well. So even though we see that the UK scores really well with regard to transparency, accountability and tools It has a very low score in participation, which is also a negative element that we spotted in our survey that we're going to talk about in a few minutes. That practically in terms of public engagement, open data really wants a further push. That is not currently the case. We do have a few certain experts that relate and work on open data, but the vast majority of the people and the society are not engaged with open data. And this is something that the government should definitely address. Now there are also a couple of points that relate to the quantity and quality of open data. As we'll see in a bit, the issue is mostly quality. So even though the UK has, as we said, the data.gov.uk website, which is a portal that brings all the open data sets of the UK, and we currently have almost 24,000 data sets, which is a very impressive number. We have first issues of quantity, in the sense that only 8 out of 41 governmental departments regularly update their data online, and secondly, we have issues of quality, since approximately two-thirds of the datasets available online have zero stars of quality. Now when we talk about stars, we have a certain system, which was suggested by Sir Bernard Lee, of zero to five stars stars of data quality. Zero stars means no quality at all, which can be, for example, a PDF document, because I cannot reuse it, I cannot access it, I cannot do things with a PDF document. And five stars is ultimate openness, which can, for example, mean a CSV file that has cross-references to links and I can use it for my own research. So zero to five is the scale that we are using. And as we can see here, even though the UK has really several datasets online. The majority of them are zero stars, which means that we do have data over there, but we do not necessarily know what to do with them, or they're in such a format that we cannot use them appro- properly. Even more importantly, only 265, or approximately 1% of the available data sets are of five star quality, which of course raises serious issues with regard to what will happen in the future, because of course it's, it's a great first step publish things and be proactive about that but it's even more important to be able to safeguard that these data will be useful in the future and not just have this data online for the sake of having them. Now this leads me to the third and last part of my presentation which has to do with our own survey on open data users. So this survey went on for one month in 2014 and we used electronic dissemination, and we have to thank uh, Open Corporates for really helping us with the dissemination and with engaging several users with regard to uh, the, the survey, and relevant news sites and social media. Our overall sample was 131 participants, almost 50 and 50% share in terms of uh, gender, and the purpose of our survey was to examine the profile of the average Open Data user. So we have to say here that the limitation of this survey is that it did not examine the average person in society, it examined the average person who is familiar with Open Data and FOI, because we think that this group of experts might have currently more useful recommendations with regard to what should be done from now on. So the things that we examined was the interrelation between Open Data and FOI, and also um, issues of accessibility, future trends, importance, and usability of uh, Open Data. Now very briefly, you can see the data here, so I'm not going to uh, use too many numbers. Um, Our main age group was 25 to 34, the majority of our participants were highly educated, pursuing their master's degree. Uh, In terms of employment, the majority of them identified themselves as entrepreneurs or self-employed. Two-thirds were UK residents, but we had several EU residents, which is also very important since this is a European project. And as we discussed earlier on, the respondents are fam- were familiar both with FOI and open data. They demonstrated high familiarity, five on a Likert scale, uh, six out of them uh, for FOI and open data. Now, when it comes to the questions asked regarding the frequency and context of open data use, we see that the main findings here is that the majority, 86%, had used an open data. Uh, set in the past, according to a definition that we provided, which is the most commonly accepted definition so far, uh, almost half of them use open data sets, at least one per month, and a considerable amount, at least one per week. And the majority of them uses open data for work-related purposes. So it is within the context of their work that do see those things. It's not that uh, they do it for personal inquisitiveness, even though this is the case, uh, at least to, to to a certain extent. Now, the two main responses that are really important to us, you can see all the the rest of them in our report that uh, will be published online, either today or in the next few days, uh, that the two main elements is how useful can open data be with regard to accountability in terms of government and preventing fraud and crime, which were two main issues that we saw vis-à-vis corruption. So in both of them, we have a very impressive mean of 4.31 out of 5, in a Likert scale, again, 1 being not useful at all and 5 being very useful, and preventing fraud and crime 4.07. So we see that all our users, to a great extent, really thought that open data can be very useful for accountability, transparency, openness and prevention of fraud and crime. Now further, almost 2 out of third, two, 3, 2-3 of our participants, agreed that government should open up as much data as, uh, as possible. So again this is uh, a quite impressive and expected to an extent uh, result. Now almost six out of ten agreed with the statement that open data should always be available free of charge, which did raise a few concerns in the qualitative uh, sanction, section of our survey because some of the respondents felt very strongly about the fact that open data cannot be Uh, free, forever, available free of charge, especially for commercial uses, which I guess is, again, an interesting topic to discuss in the Q&A session, whether in these elements we should kind of have uh, a tax imposed. Um, Almost half of them, which is an impressive percentage, felt unsatisfied with the current legal framework, and only one out of ten demonstrated that they are somewhat or entirely satisfied with the current legal framework in the UK. Again, two uh, two out of three respondents completely agreed with the statement that further actions should be taken by the UK government with regard to openness and transparency, which leads us to our main bullet points to sum things up. So our three main values, in terms of law, practice and opinion, is that in the law part the lack of a unified legal framework is increasingly problematic. So what we have at hand is working, of course. We have different bits and pieces of, uh, of legislation that do relate to open data. However, we do not have one coherent, simple act that relates to open data. So that might be useful in the future. And it might also engage the public even further if we have a simple unified act rather than several bits and pieces of legislation. In terms of practice, There's a great variation, as we saw, in the quantity and quality of data provided. So even though the UK is a pioneer according to the indexes in terms of open data, there are concerns as to how many departments eventually contribute in open data and in terms of how many stars does the data have in terms of quality of everything that is published. Finally, in terms of opinion, we saw that the majority of the respondents are really in favor of open data. They think that it can have a great use in terms of corruption, transparency, governmental accountability, that further things should be done, and that legislation, the legal framework, is is not necessarily uh, effective. And one of our conclusions is that we do need more skilled intermediaries in order to further the potential of open data, and we do need further public engagement in that regard. Uh, Thank you very much for your attention, and I look forward to the Q&A session.